Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at Church in the Valley. And this is our last message in our Behind Enemy Lies message series, which has really been a huge help to me. I hope it's been a a huge help to you as well. The enemy tries to get us to believe lies that stop us from making progress in life. Lies like, it's too hard. I'm too tired. It's not what I want. It's not fair. I'm the only one. It's not worth it to keep doing the work, to press on, to live the right way. And we struggle with these lies in big ways and in small ways, but they come at us constantly as the enemy attempts to stop our progress in really in key areas in our life, areas like family life. Um, one of the things I've been struggling with is just it's not what I want uh, lately. A couple weeks ago, I back, got back from an overseas trip, and I just got hit hard with jet lag. I've never been hit that hard before, and my kids kept wanting to do stuff with me, and it wasn't what I wanted. I just wanted to lay there and just not see anybody for a while. But... So I was dealing with that lie. It's not what I want. Uh, these lies attack us at work. You ever felt like something's too hard at work um, and you just can't find the energy to figure out the solution to the problem? Or financially, you've been responsible financially, but you feel like you're the only one. You see all these people going on great vacations and getting new cars and houses and you feel like I'm the only one. I'm just going to just spend more than I make. That's the temptation there. Or in ministry, we fight these lies as well. We can feel too tired to want to get up and serve on Sundays or when a need arises during the week with somebody. And these lies, they can feel just like random attacks and on our thoughts. But actually, the enemy is really strategic in how these lies come at us. What we find in the Bible is there's, there's a three-point attack that the enemy is going after. And these specific points of attack are found in Joshua 1, 7 through 9. And I'm going to show you a video this morning. Sorry, I didn't bring popcorn, but it is a long video. Um, it's about a 10-minute video. Um, but I want to show you this video that explains this three-point of, of attack that we face. Um, Brad Rosman, who's a member of Church in the Valley, he created this video. We used it in our groups last fall. Um, he created the video out of five paradigms that Harold Bullock, who's a pastor in, at Hope Church in Fort Worth, who Church in the Valley was planted out of 32 years ago. Um, these are his paradigms. But we used these in our groups last fall to take a look at biblical paradigms that can really help us to make progress in life. And God gives us the help that we need in continuing to battle against this three-point attack. And this video does a great job of explaining it. Um, and so I'm actually going to go sit down and watch it with you for a little while because it's 10 minutes long. Um, but it'll it'll really give us a good foundation for the battle that we're all fighting. Um, and And so take a look at it. Have you ever been scared, scared to do what's right, or afraid to move forward, or too timid to even attempt to tackle the problem or situation in front of you? Maybe you have. Most of us have. And in these moments, you were likely tempted to give up or to stall and delay progress. 
Or maybe you just felt like you didn't have the energy required to attempt it at all. In all of these situations, you don't make progress, you don't succeed, and that is exactly where our enemy, the devil, wants you. He wants you to give up without even putting up a fight. Thankfully, the Bible gives us clear guidelines for what to do in these moments, and they are found in three Hebrew words. In English, we might spell them Hazak, Ametz, and Shamar. The Old Testament of the Bible was written in Hebrew, and these words provide insight on how to navigate trouble successfully. In the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, Joshua is taking over leadership of the Israelite people from Moses. There are two major obstacles facing Joshua. First, Moses was an incredible leader, one we still make movies about today, and those were big leadership shoes to fill. Secondly, the Israelites were moving into the land God had promised them for decades, but the land was filled with huge cities, big men, and fearsome armies. Taking this land by force was not going to be easy. In Joshua 1, verses 7 through 9, God speaks to Joshua about his future. He says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God tells Joshua, if you are going to succeed in what you are about to do, if you are going to solve problems, if you are going to make progress with what is currently in front of you, you must do three things found in this passage. Hazak, be strong. Omatz, be courageous. Shamar, be careful to obey. These three words summarize how we can handle our responsibilities in life and push through challenges to succeed. The first word, hazak, is translated be strong. It means to exert strength, to get a firm grip, or to toughen yourself. God is telling us to keep a solid grip on our responsibilities and the things we need to do. As we face trouble and hardship, we cannot let go of our responsibilities or do them half-heartedly. If we don't maintain a firm grip on them, we make additional messes in the wake of our current challenges. We will multiply problems. The second word, amats, means to be courageous or to act with valor. We often think of courage and bravery as a feeling, but this Hebrew word commands bravery whether or not we feel like it. It tells us to refuse to be timid and to move forward boldly with what's right, regardless of how we feel. Courage here is not a feeling, it's a choice. Fear is a powerful emotion and can stop forward progress, so if we approach our problems and situations emotionally, we will often fail at making progress in them. We must choose courage and move forward. And the third word, shamar, means to be careful to obey, to listen and completely follow. We are to give heed to the things we've been taught. That means we listen to what God says and obey exactly. Let's put this concept together. To succeed amid the problems in life, we need to get a firm grip on the responsibilities that God has given us, bravely push forward, and obey God's word exactly as we handle the challenges that come. The problem is, our enemy attacks us on these three points. Our grip on our responsibilities, our courage, and our willingness to obey exactly. And he does it right in our thoughts and feelings. The attack often starts with our courage. Maybe we have been moving forward with our responsibilities. Then something doesn't go right. 
we get disappointed and we start to feel discouraged, contrary to our mats. This always happens to me. This is too hard. I can't do this. If we let our feelings go on, we begin to lose the energy and the will to move forward. We stall. The easiest moment to repel this three-point attack is here, when it first starts. When the discouraging thoughts and feelings arrive, ask God for help, then refuse to be discouraged. Choose Amats. Keep your courage. But if we tolerate the discouraging thoughts, then the next attack is on Hazak. We get thoughts like, why try so hard? It's not working. Why even do it at all? So we begin to loosen our grip on our responsibilities. I'm too tired. I can't do all this by myself. I'll handle that tomorrow. As we go slack-handed, problems start to multiply. The mess increases. We get weak in the knees and become haphazard in our responsibilities. We don't get things done. If you have started to let responsibilities slide, confess this sin and ask God for help. You might even make a to-do list to help you get moving again. Lastly, if your grip stays loose, then shamar, our willingness to obey, is attacked. You don't need to do it God's way. You will be fine. Do it the way you feel is right. Or don't be so concerned to do all that God says. You deserve a break. Have a bit of fun. And rebellion starts to seem so appealing. If you have started rebelling, ask God for help, confess your sin, and step back into obedience. When we tolerate the disabling thoughts and feelings, we will not make progress. We will not succeed. The darkness creeps in. We start to lose hope and give up. Verse 9 of this passage actually tells us two things we are feeling. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Afraid is translated from the Hebrew word orats, which means to cause to tremble, to be terrified. It has the image of going into quivering terror. Discouraged is from the word hothath, which means to be shattered, to panic. We are not to completely wig out and panic. When trouble shows up, do we run away frightened? We are likely tempted to if we forget to Hazak, Omatz, and Shamar. Instead, we need to firm up, steel ourselves, and get a tight grip on our responsibilities. Hazak. And despite how we feel, we take the brave step, trusting God. Omatz. As we move forward, we act completely in line with God's word. Shamar. Let's look at a real-world example to see how this could look in your own life. Perhaps you aren't going into a war like Joshua was, but the same three actions commanded to him apply in our daily lives as we approach conflict, hardship, and situations that seem difficult. Ryan wants to move forward in life and gain traction toward his goals. He works hard, handles his responsibilities, and tries to do what is right. Ryan is asked by his boss to lead an important project at work. This opportunity seems to be a good next step for Ryan's career, and he is excited to take this on. However, the project ends up being much larger than anticipated, and the stakes are high for the company, and Ryan's enthusiasm quickly fades. The stress is on, and his fear begins to build. This is when the attack begins. It starts in his thoughts and attacks his courage. This is too hard. I'm the only one working this hard. I'm not smart enough to do this. Then things start to go wrong with the project, and he feels like giving up. He sees a shortcut he can take to make his life easier, but he knows it would be wrong to take it. When Ryan gets home from work, he is struggling to take care of his responsibilities and wants to shut down. He really just wants everyone to leave him alone. Ryan has a choice to make. He is at a fork in the road. One way will lead to success, God's way, but this path is hard and seems daunting. 
The other will set him on a path for succumbing to the attack and giving our enemy victory. But giving up seems so easy. No matter which path Ryan decides to take, here's what God wants him to do. Pazak, steal himself. Understand that with God's help, he can handle this. This is a temporary hardship. It may require some late nights and hard work, but he will get through it. And God still expects him to handle his other work responsibilities and his family life well. He doesn't get a break from his other duties while he handles this. Amats, know that this will not take him down. It is not too hard. Even if this project doesn't end the way he wants it to, God does not waste our hardship. It can be used to grow and do better next time. He can take courage and move forward knowing he will not be ripped off by God. Shamar, continue to obey God exactly. Some shortcuts, like the one he's being tempted to take, are out of bounds from God's word and therefore sin. That kind of shortcut will lead to long-term problems. He has to move forward trusting God to take care of him as he faithfully obeys. Now, here's the big question. How can we do these things when we feel frozen with fear, when we feel afraid and discouraged? The end of verse 9 gives us our hope because God is going to be with us wherever we go. No matter how you feel, no matter how strong the attack, no matter how worthless it feels, no matter how discouraged the enemy is trying to make you feel, no matter how weak you feel, God will be with you. God is where our hope comes from. If you have decided to follow Christ, God is your Father. You are His child. And He is always with you even in the most difficult situations. He has promised this. But he also expects us to hazak, omats, and shamar. We have to do it his way to make progress, to succeed. And if we do, just like he did with Joshua, God will lead us through our trouble for his glory and for our good. It's really helpful to see the different points of attack that the enemy is trying to attack us on so that we can recognize it. And it's amazing. God is with us wherever we go. That is really great news. The, the God who created the heavens and the earth promises to be with us wherever we go. He provides the power for us as we try to Hazak and Amatz and Shamar. And he gives us the perspective that's needed to battle these enemy lies that we're fighting against. One of the promises that is really helpful um, to remember when battling these enemy lies is that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. This is said in 1 Corinthians 10.13. It says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. That is, he doesn't leave you on your own in your temptation. He's with you. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Whatever temptation you're facing, God is with you. Whatever enemy lie you're fighting against, God is with you. Which one of these enemy lies is most prevalent in your life right now? Is there anyone that sticks out? Or what arena of life just feels like it's the most under attack right now? There's a handout in your program. I encourage you, write it down. Write down that, that lie that you're facing right now or 
the area of life that feels under attack? Does a task seem too hard to accomplish? Are you feeling too tired? Is there something that you just don't want that's happening and you're struggling to trust God in it? Do you think it's just not fair or are you feeling like you're the only one? It might feel like something big or it might feel like something small, but God will provide a way out for you in that situation. He promises to help us to move forward in doing the right thing. And we can fight these enemy lies as we say, pray, and obey. There's an additional handout in your program. So there's two handouts. There's one with the outline of the message. Another has a chart-looking thing, um, table on it. Uh, Go ahead and take that out. There's a helpful pattern that we find um, in the Bible for fighting these enemy lies. And it's to say, pray, and obey. We say what we're struggling with. Just be honest with where you're at, what, what we're struggling with. Talk to God. Tell him what's going on. And then, don't stop there. Say a scripture or a biblical truth that we need to remember in the situation that we're facing. And that chart has the, the scriptures that we've, the passages of scripture that we've been looking at um, in this message series for each one of the lies. And then pray. Ask God to help me to obey Him in what I'm struggling with. But don't stop there. God wants us to Hazak, Amats, and Shamar. And so we need to pray and then take a step forward and obey God and do what the scripture says to do. Take that step. And God is with us wherever we go as we do this. He's with us in the moment, and as we turn to him, we can get the help that we need to do right when we feel like just caving into the lies. Saying, praying, and obeying, it's a tactic for helping us to fight against the enemy lies. But one of the things it assumes is that we know the truth. We know the right way to go into the future. And sometimes we don't. So what do you do when you don't know what's the right thing to do? Or um, how can we start to learn the right ways to live, the right things to put into practice? And so God helps us with this. And we continue to the battle. We're talking about continuing the battle this morning. We continue uh, to battle the enemy lies by developing some habits. And one of those habits is turning to God in prayer. Now, we just talked about that and say, pray, and obey. Talked about specifically praying for, for help. Um, but it's important for us to just get in the habit of praying as well. This helps us to continue to battle against these enemy lies. Take a look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not, do, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here we see that we're to pray about everything. It says, but in everything. Everything is everything. It's, it's all things. I don't know how else to say it, but everything. God wants us to turn to him for help with the big things and with the small things. And when we pray and talk to God, 
what's happening is we're recognizing our place in our, our life. We're recognizing God's place in our life. He is God. We are his creation. And we're continue, as we're praying, we're continually yielding and to follow his ways instead of going on our own. And look what it says in the second part. In verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As we pray and give things to God, there's this peace that God gives us. I've felt that peace many times when I feel like I shouldn't have felt that peace. Um, Recently, I was in Dubai about three weeks ago, and my wife's been dealing with, with health problems. I've talked about it a lot, it seems like, in this message series. Um, but she's been dealing with health problems. She was in and out of the hospital a couple times. And really, it's been happening for this past year. We got a little break at the beginning of the year for three months. But it's been basically for a year now that she's been dealing with this. And one day into the trip, her health starts not doing well again. And I'm across, halfway across the world, and she's here, and it was not what I wanted. I, I was struggling with just, in my mind, battling, can I not just get one week where I don't have to be worrying about her and what's going on with the kids and everything while I'm trying to, to be here and do what I need to do um, here? But really, there was, all I could do was pray and ask God for, for help. And so I, I just prayed, say, God, this is not what I want. Um, I don't want her to have to deal with this. I don't want her to be feeling bad while I'm gone. Um, but please just send her the help she needs. Help, help her to get through this. Help um, her health not to get any worse or to get better. And it was amazing. Those, those, the thoughts I was battling it, they just kind of went away. And God gave me a peace. He helped me to be able to focus and be where I was um, at the time. And Gina, her health didn't get any worse the rest of the week. She was able to do what she needed to do. Um, and we were all able to do what we needed to do. But that peace, I just felt the peace that um, surpasses all understanding. And I'm sure many of you have felt this peace as well. But it's as we continue the habit of praying that we can really understand God's where we are in life and how God loves us. He wants to take care of us, and he wants to help us to move forward in life. And so I want to encourage you to just make it a habit of praying throughout the day with God. One of the things that might help if it's not normal for you to do that is set some reminders in your phone or uh, somewhere where it'll just remind you to pray every once in a while and just stop with what you're doing if you can at the time and just pray. Talk to God. Tell him what's going on. Ask for his help with whatever you're facing, whether it's something at work or in your family that you're going through right then. But that'll help you to get into that habit might feel awkward at first to pray. Um, when I first started praying, I'm, I kind of, I like things to do things the right way and exactly. And I didn't know, you know, really what was the right way to pray um, exactly. And so that can discourage some of us from praying. <laughs> um, 
one of my sons is like me and he's like, well, how do you do it, dad? I'm like, well, you just talk to God. He's like, but no, how, you know, how do you do it? Um, and so just talk to God, praise him, acknowledging who he is in your life. Ask him for help with what you're, you have going on that day or what, what's going on. Ask um, for his will to be done in your life. Ask for strength, courage, carefulness to live his way. Then another habit that God wants us to continue um, to develop that will help us to continue to battle is just reading the Bible daily. God has given his word to us in the Bible. It's really an amazing thing. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says everything in the Bible is God-breathed. Every word in there is inspired by God. And God's word, as we read it and get to know it, it's useful for teaching. It will show us the right way to live. Rebuking, it will rebuke us. It will get us back on the right path. It will help us turn back towards God. Correct us. It can show us our wrong ways of thinking or living, and it can help us to warn others. And then training in righteousness, it will give a, it'll help us to live life God's way so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word will help to keep us on track in living God's way and finding the success that he wants us to find. It will help us to push past the lies that we're facing so that we can make real progress. And Jesus set the example for us to do this daily, daily time with God. Mark one thirty-five says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. As we spend time with God each day, We learn his ways for living. And God will give us examples to follow that we find in the Bible. Truths to live by. Commands to obey. Corrections to what we're doing now. And and there's more. Set aside some time each day to read your Bible. That's how you can continue to battle against these lies. Yesterday, God encouraged me through my daily time with God. Gina had been feeling better, and then yesterday, for whatever reason, she had a bad day. Um, and I was discouraged uh, by it. I, I, and I needed to leave the house. I needed to go do um, some work uh, in the afternoon, and um, it, it was weighing on me. I didn't really want to do my work because I just felt bad for her and what, having to go through this again. In Psalm 90.15, I read yesterday, it says, Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. This is a prayer that Moses was praying, and it's an example. This prayer, it seems to have happened right after Moses found out he's not going to get to see the promised land that, that he wanted Uh, that he was leading God's people out of Egypt, out of slavery, towards the promised land. He wasn't going to get to see it. And he says, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. God just spoke to my heart in that. 
I was discouraged about Gina's health. And here Moses is setting the example to ask God to make us glad for as many days as we are afflicted. And we can pray that prayer with hope because God is with us wherever we go. He's not absent when the hard things happen in life. He's there. If we turn to him, he will provide a way out. He will help us through it. And that verse just completely changed my perspective for the day. It wasn't just another day to just try to, to get through. But I can pray and ask God to help me to be glad. And, and it just helped me to get my work done. And I got my work done a lot faster than I thought I was going to because of God's encouragement. That's what happens when you spend regular time with God. Praying, reading the Bible, he speaks to you. He helps us. And then another habit to choose as we continue to battle is, is memorizing God's word. Psalm 119, 9 through 11 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we memorize God's word, God will bring it to mind in certain situations where we need it to choose to do what is right. Honestly, this is an area I've been struggling with recently. I haven't done a good job of, of continuing memorizing verses, hiding God's word on my heart. But it's so valuable to do this. And I've used getting ready for this message as kind of a kick in the pants, I guess, um, to get going again. I'm trying a new app I found for it. It sends me reminders and stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to memorize this week Proverbs 29.11. As a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. If you're struggling with anger, that's a great verse. If you're struggling with patience, there's lots of verses in the Bible on that. If you're struggling with one of these enemy lies specifically, go ahead and memorize one of those on that additional handout. God will use it. He'll bring it to mind in situations to help you to choose to do what's right. And then regularly spend time with God's people. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. God wants us to spend regular time with his people. Being in the habit of spending time with God's um, people is just, it's a, it can be a huge encouragement in your life. What you find in the Bible is that God does so much in the context of being involved in his people through the local church. We have different ways to do that here at Church in the Valley. You can attend a worship service like this. You can go to a meetup. I went to the Lion King meetup, so here's that picture again. I forgot that we were shown in the announcements, which is funny because I'm the one who put the announcements together. Um, but there it is again, Lion King meetup. Um, join a group. Well, in next month, in about a month, we'll start sign-ups for groups. Or join a Sunday service team. When you spend regular time with people here at Church in the Valley, 
letting them know what's going on in your life. You learn what's going on in their life. They can share truth with you as you're working together. Situations are going on. They're there for you when you're struggling, when you need to move. We moved two people yesterday as a church we did. I don't know how we have made it through these last couple months without the people here at Church in the Valley. God worked through his people to help us to get through Gina in and out of the hospital, not being able to, to take care of the kids for a couple months. So many people continue to ask how she was doing, which is encouraging. Received texts that, that were just encouraging texts or texts with verses that encouraged me to keep moving forward. People have cleaned our house. They've done our laundry, watched our kids when Gina wasn't able to. It's as you're involved with God's people, he sends the help that you need. And you can be a help to people as well. And all of that helps us to push past the lies that the enemy wants us to believe, that we're all on our own, that it's too hard, we can't do it, um, we, can't, we can't do it, I'm too tired. God will help us as we develop these habits and as we push forward to Hazaka, Mots, and Shamar. He will help us. The enemy tries to get us trapped into just believing the lies that we've covered in this series. But God is with us wherever we go. And he provides us with what we need to be able to be strong, to be courageous, to be careful to obey, so that we can find real success in life. Imagine the progress that we can all make in life if we're able to fight off these, these lies that, that plague us. If we're able to handle the responsibilities that God has given us, we'd be able to make a ton of forward progress in life. Each week, we want to encourage people to take a next step in response to the message. Um, And so as the band comes up, I would like to just give you some example, next steps that you might want to take in response to the message uh, today. Here's, here's the first one. My next step is to turn to God in prayer by fill in the blank. Maybe you want to set reminders on your phone to remember to pray, or um, there might be a specific situation that you really want to turn to God in prayer right now. Write that down. Another next step is to read God's Word at least five days this week. Commit to just reading it, spending that regular time with God. Another next step is to memorize and fill in the blank. Maybe there's a specific verse from the additional handout there that has the the verses for the enemy lies that you want to memorize. Write that in there. And then the next one is spend time with God's people by fill in the blank. What's the next step you want to take in spending time with God's people? We're not going to pressure you here at Church in the Valley to, to do anything. But we would like you to, at your own pace, to join in with what we're doing here. Get to know people. I think you will really be blessed as you do that. If you'd like to talk to anyone about any next step that you're wanting to take this morning, 
um, then I encourage you to just write in the comments on the back of your connection card if you want some help with memorizing scripture or um, learning how to start to have time with, with God, just write it on the back there and somebody will be in contact with you this week. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your promise that you will be with us wherever we go. Just how encouraging that is, that we can choose to live life your way um, and that you will help us to do that. You'll help us to be strong, to be courageous, to be careful to obey all that you've commanded us. And I just pray, we, we ask for your help. Help us to make progress and to just to continue to battle against these enemy lies so that we can find the success that you want us to have in life. In Jesus' name, amen.